and welcome into Poke the Bear episode 30, the Tim Thomas episode. I am Evan Marinovsky alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how are we doing? Evan, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How's your phone been? It's probably been blowing up because of that viral tweet. Dude, shout out to, of all places, the Cheesecake Factory was going to be what, what rocketed me into superstardom. I thought it was going to be a Duncan tweet. Uh, you never know, right? You got to keep your options open. The opportunity was there. The weekend having a rough time getting through his maze on his performance. So shouts to the weekend and shouts to the Cheesecake Factory for taking me to that next level. It's a good, good couple of days on the Twitter sphere, which doesn't happen that often. It doesn't. It's funny because I was, uh, I'd run during, after the halftime show, I'd run to the kitchen. I just ordered a pizza actually. And I ran to go get the pizza and I go to sit down after I had my pizza. I got my mozzarella sticks. I had to get enough to have it delivered because you can't just have a medium pizza. You got to have something with oh, it. Of course. Yeah. Get the price. So I had the mozzarella sticks. So I get them. I sit down, you know, I crack open a, a down east. I love down east. Uh, I sit there and I'm, I open Twitter. And I see that you had tweeted that eight minutes before and it had like 800 retweets. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to the moon. That is ridiculous. Just the amount of – who retweeted that that got that so big so fast? I know Pete uh, Yeah, usually that. a lot of times it's like you can tell when it takes off when like the phone starts lighting up like within 30 seconds. But yeah, usually if I have a good tweet, usually Pete launches it. Pete, John Feidelberg, a few guys like that will usually give it a, a good push uh, on social media. So, but then it just started going off. Like I went through, I was trying to keep tabs on anyone like big, like retweeted it. And it was like, uh, uh, some WWE wrestler who I don't know who that I just don't. I like, would have went crazy if that Sa- was is Sasha, is Sasha Banks. A I, don't WWE? Is. I don't know, but she retweeted me and it was like 2 million followers. So Gabrielle Union which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Which like she might've been watching the game with Dwayne Wade. So maybe like she saw it and was like, Oh, look at this. And he was like, Oh, which like, it's cool enough for me. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Noted BSJ subscriber, Dwayne Wade. Uh, so it was pretty neat. Yeah. The, the thing is like, I have notifications if like, it's a, uh, you know, people retweeting it in, like in a large amount. So like that whole night, literally my phone was just going off the entire time. But, it's a good problem to have. When you when you drop a bag of tweet, you got you got to take a lap a little bit, right? You got to celebrate. No, you got to celebrate. It's funny. I have not turned notifications off yet. My notifications are all on, so I get every single notification. I enjoy it. It's a sick. It's a very sick thing to do, but I do enjoy just seeing all the 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 notifications come in. It's fun to see what people are talking about and saying and liking. But yes, that blew up. That exploded. That was. Um, Tweet of the night, by the way. It was a great tweet. Like, I'm glad that it was a good tweet and it wasn't just like a two-word tweet or something that just like randomly exploded. Like, right. you've seen those tweets where it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, a few, like a few sentence or, you know, a sentence or something. Mm-hmm. That was actually like a creative, you know, original tweet. It wasn't who, just like Who a, knew that the Cheesecake Factory resonated with so many people? Because let me tell you, the, the, the cruel irony, I don't think I've been to the Cheesecake Factory in like a fucking decade. Like, I don't oh, yeah, I can't no. think of the last time I've been, but all like the, you know, you go to good tweet when like all the, the quote tweets are like, they really, they really are running like <laughs> the people at them. Like, apparently it is a thing that the Cheesecake Factory, like I was, I was debating between like Cheesecake Factory and like Rainforest Cafe or some like obscure like chain that 
You have to like, Bugaboo Creek. Yeah, Bugaboo <laughs> Creek. That's the thing, right? Well, everyone apparently was quote tweeting and said it was Buca de Beppo is the new one, which I don't think there's any Buca de Beppos around here. I've never but heard apparently, of that. Apparently, their hosts are well known for just sprinting, apparently, to the table. So, <laughs> I've never heard of Buca de Beppo. But... For all the loyal Buca de Beppo patrons listening to this podcast, uh, maybe it resonates with you, but. They're like, yes. Yes, but. Yeah, no, it's that, that, but that whole tweet and just the, it's fun in those, in those, uh, those big events, what tweets do well, what tweets, um, kind of rise to the surface. I was pissed though, and I didn't tell you this. Twitter made a, like a, a uh, like a thread. Twitter itself made a thread of all the best memes mm-hmm. from the weekend's performance. Yeah. And yours was not in there. I was pissed because you, your tweet did better than all of those other ones. And in my opinion, was actually better than the other. The other ones were like, you know, some Joe Schmo news anchor from like Kansas yeah. tweeting the same clip and being like a four-year-old trying to find his mom at a grocery store. Like that's like, not creative I, because it's I, so obvious. I like the one where it was the person where like it was the weekend's face up close and it's like my pizza roll is looking at me in the microwave. Like that one was pretty good. So <laughs> Sarah no. Sivian had a good tweet. It was – um. Uh, so she, 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 uh, she tweeted the one where the weekend's face was right up close. Yeah. And she said, uh, she said like me, hi. And then someone like some random person on Twitter, it's hello, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what do you call it? You had a, you had a good, you had a banging tweet too with a David Craigie thing. That's why the Super Bowl is the best, right? Is that it's like, you know, it's Oscar, it's Oscars for the sports world, right? Cause everyone's watching. Yes. So yes. If you, even if you have a tweet that like on a normal day would do like 500 you know, likes it like we'll make it bumped up to like two K, right? Oh like, yeah, it's, it's, oh, Oscar, absolutely. it's Oscars night for us. Is I figured. I figured if I if I took that clip and made it into like another kind of trying to find something mm-hmm. outside of sports meme, I would just be copying yeah. what you said. And I was like, I'm not. I don't want to do that. So I was like, what's a good Bruins reference here? Because like I'm I'm gonna stay with my 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 core my Bruins yes. audience. You can't and it was like, Oh, far. David Krejci. Couldn't find a right wing. And I figured EDT would tweet that, but he tweeted Tony D'Angelo trying to find a job. <laughs> so it's pretty damn good. It, it, was so, a good. it was a good day on Twitter. Super Bowl Sunday is a great, just in terms of just the, the theatrics around it, but also on Twitter. It's an, usually it's an all time day because yes. there'll be something stupid that people will find that will make a meme out of it. So and we're, and we're lucky because we don't have to really cover it. So yes. for us, we can kind of, we can have fun. If it's a Stanley Cup final, like we're working it. We're actually like, trying to do things right. we're not sitting there tweeting out dopey memes so yeah. well still sometimes we do but um anyways speaking of the super bowl tom brady wins it down in tampa uh tampa bay down in tampa literally like he won it in tampa and won it with the the buccaneers um and i love this mookie betts goes to the la dodgers wins a world series tom brady goes to the buccaneers wins the super bowl zan chara goes to the caps is he next to win a stanley cup uh, well, if you look at like the track record, it might very well be the case. Uh, again, are the Capitals favorites in the East? Uh, I mean, I don't think so, but you still look at kind of the way they're built. That's a team that very well can go on a run in the playoffs. I mean, we've talked about this before, but the fact that this core with how good they are, you know, veteran talent, you know, big bodies, the fact they've only have won once in during this kind of run that they've had is like shocking just in terms of how well they are built for the playoffs. Um, so they've only Charles been won. there once because the Bruins yes. have only won once, but they've been there three times. They've right. only once. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if that happens, it's, I think like the, 
you know, whether it be Betts, Brady, or like if Charles to win, obviously it's all bittersweet, right? I think everyone's on the same wavelength of like, like I think people were more or less happy for Brady and Gronk. Like I think even some of the the people who are kind of salty at the beginning of the year, like between them and the Chiefs, and especially just like the achievement of it, you're like happy for it, right? And oh yeah, I, I think for if like Chara and the Caps win, it might even like sting a little bit more because here's the thing is the Patriots it's not like the Patriots were like we're moving on like we can still keep this run going with someone else it's like no like we're rebuilding like we we were going to take a step back so like Patriots rebuild Brady goes to another talented team wins a wins a Super Bowl you know he got what he wanted and Patriots you know had to rip off the band-aid at some point and rebuild so what are you gonna you know what are you gonna do if like the Bruins like who have this cup window open for only another year or two, you know, view it as like, you know, we're moving on from Chara and Chara goes to another team, beats the Bruins in the playoffs and then like wins a cup that might sting more. Right. Like all of them have that little bittersweet element to it, but like Red Sox are rebuilding Patriots are rebuilding Bruins are right in the thick of it. Right. They, they should be one of the favorites in the East, if not the rest of the NHL, if they come up short to a team that signed Chara for $700,000, then I might sting a little bit more. Now, granted, you look at it, right? Uh, it's not like the Bruins are all running games, you know, 6-5, and their defense has been bad. The defense has been fantastic. So, you know, th- there's that angle of it. But in terms of, I think, just maybe the narrative of where the, you know, the, the Boston teams were going, if Chara wins elsewhere, I think it maybe stings a little bit more because I don't think anyone was expecting the Red Sox or the Patriots to put together a miracle run this year. Of course it's going to sting more. The Patriots won six with Brady. The Bruins won one. Mm-hmm. And you went to three and lost two of them. Yes. Oh, if Chara wins, it stings a thousand times more. I mean, people will root for him, but they're not going to – low-key, they're not going to want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, just given that, you know, you want that done in Boston. You don't want that done in Washington. Um, you know, Brady gave all he had here. I'm not saying Chara didn't. But yeah. Chara still – I mean, they only won once. Mm-hmm. Um the Patriots won six times. So yes, to me, 100%, 100% would sting more. Uh, obviously he'd have less to do with the cup down there. Like I, I think he would help, but he, like Brady was the reason they right, like, won yeah. the Super Bowl and went there. It's not um, like that or, or even Betts. Yeah. In, oh in yeah. LA. Like, yeah. Like Betts was a centerpiece, even though DC has Char on the power play, which I was just stunned yeah. with that. I don't know. I really understand that whole thing, but um, nevertheless, yes, I think Chara winning in DC, uh, stings, uh, a ton, especially because they're in the, the same division. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a, I think the other thing is just like the Patriots, as I said, one more, like just, there's been so much winning, uh, that, that, that would have, uh, obviously, uh, sting more, but that's good. You know, <sighs> debating, understanding if Chara can actually win this year, uh, in the Stanley Cup and beat the Bruins. That's a that's a tough bet to make. Um, you see, that took me a while to get to that. Uh, oh, I appreciate it though. You you were able to bridge the gap there to get us to the yes, end. I did. Yes, I was trying to fumble it around in my head. Bet online, uh, but nevertheless, Connor, tell the listeners about Bet Online. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Football may be over, but the NBA is back in full swing, and yes, Bruins hockey is back. And even though we may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change, 
which is pretty relevant these days, or the players that play. <laughs> BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. And it's not just sports. BetOnline even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Evan, I know you're a huge fan of The Bachelor, so I'm sure you've already checked out all that BetOnline has to offer there. Oh, of course. Uh, but listen, guys, Like, there's even more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, it's pretty swell. It's a pretty good deal. Nobody beats that. No one beats that. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Shout out myself here. The biggest winner on Super Bowl Sunday was actually me. I went six for six on bets. I don't bet. I never. I, I, I use Bet Online obviously, to bet. But I don't bet very much because I, I, in the past, I've had some um, times where I'll lose. I, I hate losing money. Um, but for the Super Bowl, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to get in on it. And six for six on, on bets. So I was pretty pumped. Great, great Sunday for myself. Um, now, now let's look towards the future a little bit. Uh, not as far ahead as the Stanley Cup, but Lake Tahoe. Uh, this weird middle of the season tournament they're doing at Lake Tahoe, Bruins, Flyers, uh, and Blues, and the Golden Knights. Um, is this going to happen? Because judging off the past week, uh, I don't know about this one. Uh, sure, shit doesn't look like it's going to happen, or if it is, it's going to be uh, some different teams than what we expected. I mean, going into it, it was Bruins, Flyers, and then uh, Golden Knights, and the Avalanche. And, oh, not the Blues. I don't know why I said the Blues. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Avalanche, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. You're 100 right. The, the Blues are busy. Right. The Blues are busy paying, playing the Coyotes, playing the Coyotes. <laughs> for like the next three months, apparently. So, um, but no, I, you look at it right. I mean, the Flyers. I get. We should knock on wood that whenever you know when this podcast drops, hopefully the Bruins don't have any issues because it seems like we have another outbreak starting in Philly where uh, it's Drew, uh, Justin Braun, and I think Travis By the Sanheim. Way, so many of these people are on my fantasy team. Oh, I think good. what gets lost in this is these people are, who cares about their health? It's my fantasy team. I know. It's a, it's a rough hit for you, Evan. Terrible. Uh, but like, yes, yeah, so you go look at Philly. They're out three guys now with this smoke, this fire when it comes to these things. So you have to imagine there's probably going to be more. They already postponed one game that Philly was going to play against the Capitals. So have to monitor that situation, not just for the Flyers, but hopefully knock on wood. This wasn't a case where the Bruins were affected because the Bruins played Philly just last week. So you have to monitor that. And then we've got this absolute shit show of a situation now in Vegas where they already shut things down for, you know, over a week when they had a few guys test positive. Then they play that game against Anaheim. Uh, they hold out a guy uh, after the second period. Turns out, uh, I think Frank Saravelli said that uh, whoever it was that was held out tested positive, which, like, why the hell was this guy playing so I love this whole pulling people out of games midway through. Like it's going to have COVID. It's like, yeah. like, what is that? Just let, like that doesn't help anything. They're already there. They have and, already and, been there. And that was a situation too. Like uh, Kevin Durant had that situation with the nets where that was a case of, I think he was in close contact to someone who tested positive. Like this is even worse. Cause it was a dude who was legitimately tested positive. So this guy was walking around or skating around rather like. Contagious. Skating around. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the NHL needs to. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't think there's going to be a situation where the NHL is going to be like we're, we're shutting everything down for like a week or two. I don't think they're going to do that yet. But they've got to tweak their, uh, you know, their testing protocols or what have you. Whether it's you know mandating rapid testing, because uh, I I don't know how that Vegas player maybe his tests were inconclusive, but how he's allowed to play if they don't have his tests in yet, if they don't have his results in yet, like would you rather be safe than sorry in that situation? Like it would suck if like just off of poor testing, you know, turnaround, if like the Bruins didn't have pasta or something just off of a delayed test, but you'd rather that than, than having a situation where you could have an outbreak on your team. So yeah, I mean, listen, the Lake Tahoe thing's only, it's less than two weeks away. Uh, you've got to either nip it in the butt in terms of what you're, you're doing to stop these outbreaks, or you're going to have to switch the teams around because like when they even announced that, even with no fans, you're like, all right, what are we doing? Like the, why are we sending these teams out to Lake Tahoe? Uh, is the cool optics of it going to change, you know, the, the coughing the, on the ice? Yeah. Like the, the decision to like risk it in a year where already you've done a pretty shitty job. Like if I'm the Sabres, we've talked about this before, but if I'm the Sabres, I'm rip shit at the league for letting them play those two games against the devils when the devils legitimately were like a walking contagion out there. Like, and now you've got nine guys on the Sabres out Ralph Krueger, their head coach has COVID like, and all that could have been avoided just by like holding off that anticipated matchup between the friggin' devils and the Sabres for a weekend series. So if you notice with these, with these outbreaks, you see it, um, one player on, on one of these teams will test positive or, or be put into protocol, um, you know, and then a couple of days later, more. And then a couple of days later, more. And it's like, I remember the devil seeing like Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, mm-hmm. of, you know, a few weeks ago get put on the list. And then all of a sudden, a few more and a few more. And it just becomes this, an outbreak. It starts again with one person. Yep. Um, so to me, what this all says to me is, um, granted, when the playoffs come around, it'll be spring. Maybe more people are vaccinated, hopefully, the warmer weather. You know, remember during the summer. Um, the COVID cases got a lot better. I mean, damn, we're nostalgic for last summer for the amount of COVID cases like, we had. It was like 600 then. people a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was nothing. Um, but I think, you know, warmer weather obviously will help and all that stuff. But one has to ask themselves, is there, are they going to have to do a bubble for the playoffs? Because think if you were the Bruins or think if you were the Flyers or any of these teams and you have to pull Pasternak or Giroux or Ovechkin or someone in the first or second period or you have a huge outbreak and you have like the black aces playing against the Washington capitals. Um, or, you know, you're playing a team, you know, you're in a seven game series and the other team gets a COVID outbreak and you've been playing them and skating next to them and going at each other for four games already. Like, are they going to have to go to a bubble again for the playoffs? I'm sure the players would be pissed about that. I don't know if you even get that off the ground. Um, I mean, I like, think if you're a, pl- a- like, if you're a player, would you rather like, honestly, and this, and people might laugh at this, but I, I understand why the players would think this. Would you rather risk getting COVID or like lose your mind in a hotel room? Yeah, like I, the players seemed absolutely rip shit with how, you know, they're glad they got the season over. But like, unless you're Tampa Bay Lightning, you probably be like, this was a bunch of bullshit, like dealing with that stuff. And I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a, a day by day, week to week, month to month thing. Because I mean, if you told me back in uh, January when we thought, fans would be let in the building. I'd be like, not until May. And uh, apparently today, New York is allowing, I think, 10% of capacity back in arenas. So New York, which was the hottest hit place for months on months, 
the last year is going to start having people back at MSG and Nassau and all these places, I think starting February 23rd. So a lot can change uh, in a short amount of time. I mean, who knows by the time, you know, there's the, the whole morality argument of, you know, whether these fit pro athletes should be first in line to get vaccines, which was, you know, horse shit, right? Like, no, it's the frontline workers. The, <laughs> They're the real heroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, frontline elderly, all this stuff. But when you hit like May, you know, like who are, they very well could be in line just in terms of the natural progression if these vaccination efforts go up. I mean, I think by mid-March you're expecting like, you know, uh, 50 plus by that point, like you're, you're going to start getting into like, you know, the 20 plus by April or, or May, hopefully. So they very well could by that point, uh, you know, the, the argument of vaccinating an entire team in April is not nearly as controversial as would be in January. Right. Where yes. we all very well could be in line by that point. Um, people who Sports are healthy, writers should so. be number one in my opinion. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Uh, put our lives uh, on the line, people. Yeah. To, to post, post GIFs and stuff from TD Garden. Um, hey, hey, if we get the vaccination, that could hurt our arms, which would slow our typing abilities and abilities to move our life. arms. That's, t- that's tough. I don't know if I can't get vaccinated. No. I can't risk my, my, my times. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think by the time we get May, we'll see how the situation changes. I, I have to imagine unless something drastically has gone wrong, which it seems like we're on the up and up, that the situation will be better where hopefully either the players are vaccinated by that point or uh, enough of the population is vaccinated where these cases go down because uh, as tough as it's been the last year, I think you've seen, especially in the last month or so, the cases have been dropping. We've come from like the holiday spike to now it seems like it's, across the country, which is promising. It's the cases are going down and the vaccines are obviously working. So except um, for there's one place in the world that the cases are going way up in, and that is UMass Amherst. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Unlike you jabronis, the rest of the country is uh, getting its shit together. So hopefully I think by that point they can avoid a situation where it's a full blown outbreak. But for right now, when you look at like this Lake Tahoe game, like yeah, you either have to adjust some things or do away with it because you're gonna unless you want like the Bruins to play like the Anaheim Ducks, oh, like the, the Danton Heinen Bowl. No, oh yes, the Danton Heinen reunion. Nick yes. Ritchie, Andre Kasha. No, I, I agree with you. I don't know how it's gonna work. I, I honestly, I don't know how that's gonna happen. Um, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But things that do make sense to me, well, maybe not. Biggest surprise of the year. Now we're gonna transition to biggest surprise of the year. You had a piece for BSJ. Uh, was it last week about us biggest surprises of the year? Um, and that's something we'll hit on to get to end the show today of, of who or what we think is our biggest surprise of the year. I will let you go first in who your or what your biggest surprise of the year has been. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the, the biggest surprise, and maybe it's kind of like a, a broad, uh, analysis, but I think it's overall just the defense, right? I mean, I think going into the year, people were confident about, uh, the depth up front, uh, confident that you still had two very good goalies. You had a defense that had some guys who should have taken, you know, the next step like McAvoy and Grizzly and Kahlo. But you look at the rest of the defense, right? You had Jeremy Lozon, who was good last year, but was he going to be ready for heavy PK minutes, uh, you know, top pairing role? No one really knew what they had in Jacob Zaborl. Um, and you had Kevin Miller, who had not played in almost two years. So it's like... 
you expected a bit of a step down uh, in terms of what you're going to get from defense. And so far, I mean, they've been money. I mean, they're second in the league in goals against first and five and five shots on goal against, uh, you know, uh, they think they're second in expected goals against. So you look at kind of everything that they bring. And again, it's not just the fact that, uh, you know, McAvoy and these guys are playing unconscious. They've been fantastic, especially McAvoy, but I think it's also a byproduct of just the way the system's built that they're not straying from Cassidy's, you know, zone structure. Uh, I think it helps when you've got a couple of good defensive minded centers like uh, Bergeron and Coyle um, as kind of that next line of defense uh, out there a little bit. Um, obviously it helps when you have two good goalies as well. Uh, so I think it's a, a lot of stuff that are factoring into it, but uh, just the fact that they've been plugging in these pieces into the system and it has been as good as ever. Um, and again, credit that too. Also the fact that Kevin Miller's looks solid, that Jake Zaboral, even with some ups and downs, is still doing his job. Uh, and Jeremy Lozon has gotten better and better as he has gone on. I think that's easily the biggest, the biggest story. It's just the fact that any area of weakness that I think we all expected has been good, if not even better so far this year in terms of just that defensive structure. Yeah, to me, I agree with you. I, I'm going to go a little kind of more specific. I think the biggest surprise has been Jeremy Lozon. Um, that was obviously a big hole to fill. Uh, what, you know, who is going to go next to, to, uh, to McAvoy in that first pairing with Char gone? Even if Char returned, he would not have been on that top pairing, I don't think. Um, and we thought it'd be Grizzly. We thought that was kind of the obvious one. They put Lozon in there, and he's been fantastic. Uh, you know, he's, he's stepped up. He's, you know, I remember the first game, he was not too great. Ever since, he's gotten better and better and better. Um, and he's been, you know, able to go against teams' top, uh, top, uh, lines. And, uh, he's been good moving the puck as well. And you're sort of starting to see his game take shape with that consistent playing time. Um, so to me, that, because when the playoff time comes around, you know, Jacobs Borrell has been another big surprise, but that's a third pairing defenseman. You know, his right. numbers can be sheltered. You can just put him in the O zone. You can try to kind of shelter his minutes as we've seen Cassidy and company do. You can't do that with Lozon when he's with McAvoy. And uh, Lozon's played a ton. He's played really well. So to me, that's been the biggest surprise, Jeremy Lozon, if we want to go outside of that. Nick Ritchie. Now, Nick Ritchie has not been, like, as great as maybe people kind of like to make him out to be. Mm. Uh, Partially, I think people are joking. Partially, maybe people are serious. Five on five, he's really been kind of not there. Uh, Not too great. Do not pass him the puck in transition. Uh, But... As a net front power play guy, he does his job. You know, he finishes his chances. So um, that's been a pleasant surprise that, you know, you're going to see him have a ton of goals at the end of the year probably. Um, and it's going to be like, what? Yep. Uh, but to me, he's he's also been a, a pleasant surprise. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, he's he's your new top six uh, left or right winger. Like, no, mm. he's, he's, you know, at best a third line left winger. Um, but nonetheless, he's scoring goals, so can't hate that. Better than what we expected was going into the year. So, yeah, I don't think anyone yes. has any issues with that at all. I, I, Nick Ritchie could have, like, stepped on the ice, and it would have been like, oh, damn, he's already doing better than we thought he'd do last year. Right, so, exactly. So at least at least there's that. Um, any other surprises? Bad surprises? Good surprises? Uh, I guess maybe, yeah, I mean, good surprises. Like, just quick recap, like I would say, probably the special teams play has been great. Uh, PK has been good, even without Chara. Uh, you've got... I think other guys stepping up, like even a Bjork, who's been good as kind of a, a guy on the PK unit. Um, power play has been excellent, even the fact that they don't have a set 
fifth guy yet, which seems like we're going to get a five forward uh, grouping to start against the Rangers, and we'll see how that goes. Um, it seems like Cassie wants to give that group a look, and as long as the other team's not getting, you know, shorthanded goals against them, we'll see how it goes, because obviously you're, you know, you're subtracting maybe a little bit more of that defensive structure in, in favor of some more offensive firepower, which if you're scoring at the rate they are, then it doesn't really matter, I guess. So we'll give that, we'll see how that looks. Um, and then really hasn't been too many uh, unpleasant surprises. I'd say maybe DeBrusque is the only one where you're like, you know, like I, I won't put like Kasha as a disappointment yet because he got injured. Like it, it's a bad luck for him, right? Um, but DeBrusque, you know, hopefully he's able to gain some traction there because uh, the way this team's playing, it's already great. But again, we talk about it all the time whenever he's in a rut, but, or when he's, you know, got a goal scoring streak, but the top six or middle six looks so much better when you have DeBrusque on his game. It just adds such a different element, especially at five on five play. So hopefully he gets going. Cause he's probably one of the, the few guys where you look at him and be like, this guy can offer a whole lot more than what he's shown so far. Oh yeah. No, I agree with all that. So that, those are biggest surprises. We covered everything we had to in today's show. Uh, Connor, before I let you go, uh, what can the people look forward to at Boston sports journal? Yeah, we're going to uh, be breaking down all these games. It's good to finally have some games back on the schedule. So you got two against the Rangers, which could be some high-scoring games based on the way the Rangers play. Um, they got a matchup against the Islanders. So we're breaking those games down. We might do a little bit of a look ahead at the expansion draft uh, later this weekend just because I think everyone had a set idea of who was going to get protected. But seeing a couple other guys now jump into the equation makes it a little bit tougher when you kind of look ahead to that. So we'll explore that later this week as well over at BSA. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I can't guarantee they're going to be bangers like they were this past week, but if you want to follow my tweets, you can do that. Uh, follow at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all that. There'll be lots of bangers. Uh, and Nick Ritchie new next year, the top goal scorer of the Seattle Kraken, Seattle Kraken right here. Boom. There you Good go. Night. Just like that. Anyways, that has been Poke the Bear episode 30. You Poke the Bear listeners, have an amazing rest of your day.